I can stack them hundreds to the roof. I ain't stopping till they stack to the moon. Without me, my family wouldn't have food. Anybody go against me, gotta lose. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MF CEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host. I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today I have an awesome surprise for you. You know we don't do a lot of guests, but I'm starting to bring in people that I really feel will not only just educate you and inspire you, but also entertain you with some cool shit. Today, um, this is a really cool treat for me, especially because you know that I'm a huge fan of hip-hop and rap and that I am passionate about that. I'm probably the most passionate uh, 38-year-old white male on the earth when it comes to hip-hop. Vaughn thinks he's all about the hip-hop game, but uh, we all know the truth. You know, Vanilla Ice is starting to catch on. It's starting to kind of overtake... <laughs> Uh, you know, Pastor Disaster and Vanilla Ice, yeah, MC God. I'm glad I thought or DJ God, DJ God. You don't yeah, know yeah. your fucking name. I know. I know. <laughs> Speaking of DJ God, you know how you're telling everybody to bring your friend. You know, that's yeah. that. I've got two people that I brought to the podcast, and I just had my most recent one. The first one was one of the faculty members of the local Catholic seminary. I told about the MFCO. So he, you know. He teach priests, and now he listens to the MFCO. But today, I met with a counselor, a Christian counselor, because I'm all messed in the head. And he started asking me about what I did. And I was like, well, my life's kind of surreal. And this is like the, a really nice, buttoned-up, you know, super conservative guy. And so I went to the whole thing. He goes, that's awesome. I want to start listening. <laughs> so I told him. So we got, we got a rich variety of people that listen to us. Well, that's good. Today, you guys are probably wondering what I'm talking about. Uh, we have somebody here who has spent a lot of time in the music industry, specifically hip hop. He managed two chains for over 10 years. Uh, great story, very successful guy. And I think you're going to enjoy having him. Welcome brother, Charlie Jabbily. How you doing, bud? I'm doing amazing. Yeah. It's great to have you here, man. Man, it's great to be here. St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. St. Louis is, St. Louis is, uh, St. Louis is a big key for hip hop. People don't realize that. Unbelievable. They call it the gateway, but they don't realize that it is the gateway. Literally the gateway. Explain what you were saying before about it, um, about it grasping the St. Louis market and how that could be a big, big turner for for artists. For sure. So um, I'm from Atlanta. Yeah. And in in hip hop, when we would break our records, um, it would be, it would be relatively easy to get the southeast and uh there's a lot of regional records that exist that never go beyond our little region but us as 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 a music entity when st louis would add a record to the radio we would all like sit back me and my business partners and my artists we would sit back and we would go okay we've 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 got two years right like we Mm. know for the next two years we're gonna be, we're gonna be okay. Because right. in the music industry, you never know if you're gonna like last. Yeah. So when St. Louis would get on a record, it would break open the entire country, and we would be able to do tours, and you know, be able to like buy our moms additions on their houses. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. You knew things were gonna be all right. Groceries <laughs> weren't gonna be the issue. Exactly. So does that principle hold true when somebody starts in St. Louis? Like when Nelly had his breakout, did everybody know? Oh, well, Nelly's gonna succeed because he succeeded in St. Louis. That was such a weird thing, dude. Because when I can remember when Nelly came out with Country Grammar. Like, I remember, like, it's usually the opposite. Like, everybody else knows the cool shit before we know it. 
And like, I remember like when I started seeing Nelly on MTV and like seeing him everywhere, I'm like, dude, we've already been listening to this dude for like a year or two. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've been, this song is already old. We right. still liked it. Right. Because we liked people here like to see people make it, you know, eventually when they when they break out. But uh, but yeah, I was wondering that same thing. Like, you know, I think like being in the middle of the country like this is an advantage because a lot of music breaks through colleges and the beautiful thing about colleges is like kids uh they'll go to a college and then during spring break they'll go home and take the music with them to to to, or during the summertime they'll go home and take the music with them yeah so uh that's how music spreads you know with the younger kids and uh st louis being in the middle like you kind of get a little bit of everywhere that everybody's going home right right so um it is it is the gateway, yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, man. You know, it's it's funny, too. Like, you could you could sort of see, like, I'm, I'm fortunate where I get to spend a lot of time in L.A., too. So, like, uh, I, I can see what's happening from there and here. And when you listen to the radio out there, which I don't know all the stations, but I can remember, like, let's say this summer when uh, Kendrick Lamar came out with Humble. Mm-hmm. Dude, they played Humble on, on on one of the stations literally for 30 minutes straight, back mm-hmm. to back to back to back to back. I've never seen a radio station do that before. That's old school, actually. Yeah, really? Like, that's, like, like when a radio station does that, yeah. like, it is the real deal. I'm guessing that was maybe the L.A. leakers um, because they'll do that. Yeah. And when they get behind something, it's like we're going to stamp it. I remember I was in Atlanta when Young Jeezy dropped, um, I put on for my city. And they did the same thing. Yeah. And it's just sometimes when you know something's a hit. Yeah. Like, it's just. Dude, I knew that. I did know that. Like, when I heard that song, the whole 30 fucking minutes I listened to it. I was like, <laughs> this is badass. But, like, it's funny because they. They can force feed you shit. You oh, know what 100%. I mean? Is that how it works? To a certain degree. Yeah. I they, mean, it's got to be good. but It's got to be good. But they know when there's a hit, they want to be the one who gets credit. Right, right, right. Like, it's a fight. Who's going to, who's going to like, get the credit right. for breaking this record? Right. So. That makes sense. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I never, I've never seen a radio station do that. Literally, it was... For 30 straight minutes, I remember I was sitting in traffic and in between when the song was supposed to end and when the song would start, they would play like a huge siren and then mm-hmm. it would start over again. It was, mm-hmm. it was, I wasn't, I wasn't minding because I was like, damn, this is good. But, but it was, uh, it was interesting. I've never heard anything like that. That's <laughs> yeah. So dude, let's get like, let's start off with, you know, a, just a short summary of, you know, you, you say you grew up in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. How did you grow up and, and how did you get into the music industry? For sure. So I uh, grew up in Atlanta, um, just humble background. Mom sold vacuum cleaners. My dad worked on houses. And I was always an entrepreneur. And when I was, um, when I was about 11, 12 years old, I birthed like this character who I wanted to be um, named CEO Charlie. I, uh, before, before CEO Charlie, like I wanted to be an athlete. That was like my life. I felt like it was my life goal and purpose, but I was always, I was always chubby Yeah. and, um, I needed something to be good at. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be CEO Charlie. And kind of like the pinnacle moment of me embodying that is when, uh, I got invited on judge hatchet. 
<laughs> like I, I had sold a saxophone. I would always love business, but I sold a saxophone as a kid to uh, this older guy named Jason. Uh, I'll never forget his name, Jason Bard. Um, and I gave him a payment plan and it was like 700 bucks and he was going to pay me four different payments. And I made up this little contract and he stopped paying me. So locally in Atlanta, like in the in the small claims court, like I sued him. I'm like, yeah. like I need my money. <laughs> he didn't show up to court, and and uh, and I got a letter in the mail from Judge Hatchett says, "We'll get this paid for. Just uh, come to a free trip in New York and uh, come be on TV." And I'm like. This is crazy. This is crazy. We're <laughs> going to be hilarious. on TV. We're going to New York. And my, my dad and mom are like, Charlie, like, that's white trash television. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, this is television. We're going to be on TV. And it's a trip to New York. Are you crazy? And I'm going to get my $700. This is the best <laughs> thing ever. So I, I, after weeks of trying to convince my dad, he finally, because he had to go with me because I was under 18, uh, convinced my dad Went on Judge Hatchet, had my suit, and I'm like, CEO Charlie for real. And Judge Hatchet is sitting there. She's like, this contract is better than some attorneys I know. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was like the birth of CEO Charlie. And I um, I just always had businesses. And growing up in Atlanta, um, my friends started rapping. And this was like big to like i could always like kind of see around the corner of culture and i'm like telling my mom like this hip-hop thing's gonna be big and i'm like giving her my headphones and like listen to pharrell and jay-z like listen to this song she's like like i don't get it and i'm like trust me i put a studio in my in my bedroom and i lived across the street from the high school so after school there was 20 kids in my bedroom like all writing and we would put 20 people on one song the song would be like 15 minutes and, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like had the quilt hanging from the ceiling the booth a hundred dollar microphone and um and what and year was that charlie this was 2004 2005 so what kind of equipment you talking I about mean, like macs and stuff I, I had a mac it was um it was a desktop and uh, I had a $100 microphone bought off of uh, musiciansfriend.com, had a little inbox. And um, believe it or not, this studio setup recorded a pretty big record um, that was big in the dance movement called Crank That Spider-Man. Like, let's crank that everything back then, like da <laughs> yeah. the dance movement. Um, but then I was like, I need to make a website and start filming videos and make a media outlet. Like, the studio thing is cool, but we need to, like, do media so got a digital camera for christmas and started making videos and the website blew up and uh there was this artist um who was kind of like he wasn't a part of the atlanta scene he was always like an outcast and he, he lived in mississippi and he would just kind of always emulate what we were doing in atlanta because i had this big movement of all the young artists and when he blew up he said to his record label he said I want Charlie to be my cameraman. And uh, it was Soldier Boy. And oh, dude, that's awesome. <laughs> and uh it was it was crazy because I had just signed up for my second year of college. This was a couple years later after high school. And um I lost my scholarship in college because uh I hated college. It was stupid. 
and I went to just a community college and I signed up for my second year of classes. And um, with me losing my scholarship, I had to pay for it. My mom wasn't about to pay for it. but She was tough on me. And I got the call from Interscope Records that day. And I'm, I, I'm like, I went to talk to my mom. I'm like, mom, like, I got, they want me to go on tour with a rapper. Like across the country, like, 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 can I drop out of school? She, she said, she said, you have to pay rent if you drop out of school. I said, how much? She said, $600. I said, I'm not even going to be here. Why do I have to pay rent? She said, that was the deal. If you're going to not be in school, you got to pay rent. And, um, went on tour with Soldier Boy and, uh, got fired <laughs> six, <laughs> six months later and uh yeah and then i went to my mom and was like i'm gonna be a manager <laughs> she said what do you know about managing i said nothing but i'm gonna figure it out because that's where the money is this cameraman thing that's not where the money is so so you had six months of seeing how it was going exactly right yes yeah. so i found you come it- back and you're like all right i'm up i'm, I'm going the wrong way here why, why did you get fired um are you so, trying to see if it's for the same reasons that you get fired? <laughs> I highly doubt it's for the same reasons. <laughs> so I learned very early on, when you work for a superstar, do not tell him when he's doing something wrong. Like, like because he blew up. He was powerful. He was a kid, but he was powerful. Number one song. I'm like telling him, like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like, don't do that. Like, you're messing up. Like, you've got to give people credit when you do it. Like, I'm like telling him, you know, because right, I felt right. I was special, too. I right. didn't feel like I was just a cameraman. I felt right. like I was the chosen cameraman. So right, right. I have a voice. Not how it works. He didn't like somebody having a voice. Yeah. Uh, he just wanted me to do what I was supposed to yeah. do and keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And it was the best thing that ever happened. Yeah, you know? for sure. But. Uh, so you so were I, already a manager before then, basically, is what's happening. Basically. You, yeah, you're figuring out, like, all right, I've got these ideas. I'm able to perceive the direction of way things should be and how they should go to, to in the best interest of what's going on. Those are management qualities that you're already experiencing during that time. That's right. Yeah. So you're like, fuck, all right, I got fired. But the truth is, is not only is the money better, but I'm better at this part of it than I am shooting video anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But things got worse. <laughs> all right. Things got worse. So I found a girl group that I thought was going to be just huge and Interscope Records loved me, like, for what I was doing for Soldier Boy. And they said, we'll take a chance on whatever you want to do. I was like, sweet. I found this girl group, got them a record deal in 24 hours. Three months later, the girl group left me for Sierra's manager, so a big industry manager. And they were like, well you know, we can't really have a 19-year-old manager, you know, like, we're a big sign group now. I'm like, I'm like, I kind of understand what you're saying, but at the same time, you know, like, I'm the reason why you're here. And uh, I fell flat out on my face again, and it was like, wow, like, I know I'm special. I know I know my stuff, but I can't get anywhere. I just Mm. keep, you know, going back to my mom's basement. Um, and and I, I I found this group who their name was Dim Hard Hitters and <laughs> they were loyal to me. We started they were in their mom's house. I was in my mom's house. and I was like, just whatever you do, just be loyal. Trust me. Just I will make you a star. And we went on to have 
three top ten records without a record deal, like big bidding wars, like Pete Diddy, like calling my phone a hundred times, like wanting the, and and is their group was named Travis Porter, and we've had yeah. some really really uh, big success with them. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So I finally got my chance. Yeah, with yeah. Them. Yeah, that's badass. So early on in life, you were pretty confident. I mean, but based on the story you've told, like where did that come from? Um, I don't know. I've always been able to kind of like manifest things a little bit. Like I can create like these 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 imaginary worlds in my head, and they just come to life. Mm-hmm. Dude, what's so far? I I totally relate to that too because the. People are like, well, how'd you have all the confidence to do this or that? Or how did you... Dude, I've always just believed this is what the fuck I'm supposed to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a... Like, do you get what I'm saying? 100%. Like, I've never... Like, I've never... Yeah, I've had a struggle and it took me a long time to really get going and this and that, but I didn't ever doubt it. That's right. You, 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 and people people are like... I think people look too, too much for external validation and don't put enough uh, in their own beliefs. Like... You know, I, I was fortunate to to be, I guess, in an environment, you know, not an environment, but at least have one person in my life, like my dad, who was who literally, as corny as it sounds, would make me believe that I could do anything. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people don't have that, right? Like a lot of people have their dads telling them they're a piece of shit mm-hmm. and their moms tell them the same thing and their teachers tell them the same thing. And so they end up believing it. So, I mean, I, I get I get why people can't do that, but... Dude, I've always like, and this is going to sound arrogant or whatever, like, because people are going to be like, oh, you think you're fucking special? No, I've just always known I'm special. Mm. I've never fucking known it. Like, it's not I think it. Like, I've known it. Mm -hmm. And I've always believed it. And I've never had, even when I had nothing and I was in debt and fucking all that shit, I still knew it. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? 100%. You feel that way? Yeah, 100%. So what I do is I tell myself that it's already done. Time just moves slow. Like, like, I go into everything. Damn, dude, I love that. Yeah. 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 I love that. Thank you. Yeah. So I go into everything um, with the thought process of it's easy. Because at one time in our life, walking was very, very hard. But if we look back on it, it was like, okay, it was a process. It was, it was hard and then kind of did it and then did it and then forever it's easy. So why not, if we know that's how everything works, whether it's multiplication, division, walking, tying our shoe, if all these things were at one point hard and end up being easy and we know that's how it works every single time, we're always going to end up saying it's easy. So why not just say that for everything? It's easy. Hmm. So I'm doing an Ironman in three weeks. Yeah. And my whole training schedule, I've said, oh, this is going to be easy. Because an Ironman, when I did my research, I saw that Ironman trained between 8 and 14 hours a week. I said, oh, that's not much. Because when I was an 8-year-old kid, I'd go to the park, play play two hours a day. Yeah, That's what an Ironman does when he's training, two hours a day. That's 14 hours a week. So I'm going to wake up every day. And play. I'm going to go to the pool and swim like I did on the weekend as a kid. Or go ride my bike around the, around the neighborhood for hours. Uh, or go run around the park for hours. As a kid, as an eight-year-old, playing for two, three hours a day was not hard. So why is doing an Ironman hard? So I That's didn't, brilliant, man. I didn't follow a training program. 
I just went to Nike and they were like, so how'd you train? I was like, mm, like wait, 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 dude, dude, before we get into that, <laughs> see what people don't understand. And this is the main reason, the the main reason that, that we got together on this. <clears throat> and, and I'm just going to interrupt because it, it, it's important to the story. I didn't know who he was at all. Okay. And my friend, uh, Brandon Hampton and Dan Fleischman, they reached out to me. Brandon did and said, Hey man, I got this dude. He's, he was manager of two chains for 10 years. This guy's killing it. He's a music exec. He was doing great, making all kinds of money, making impact, big deal, except he was 130 pounds overweight. And recently, because you talked about being, you want to be an athlete your whole life, people are probably hearing this thinking like, oh, he's in good shape. He did this and that. But just like what had happened to me, the the business side started to get the best of you. Yes. And, you know, you you got to where you were miserable. You're, yeah. Everything was good except that, right? Exactly. So let's talk about that for a minute before we get into the other, the, the next phase. For sure. So what... So you're you're always a little bit chubby, but then all of a sudden, you're fucking 130 pounds overweight. Man, it was literally the bigger my business got, the more sick I got. Yeah. And I got over 300, 300 pounds, and um, man, like depression. Really, one of the things that really got me that was tough for me was, and I didn't know if anybody else in the world had it but me, but I had a phobia of the weekend. Like I was scared of the weekend. I hated it because like being so overweight, like clothes wouldn't fit and I'd hate the mirror. I'd hate going out. I'd hate taking pictures. And then Dude. social media, everybody's living this amazing. Makes it 10 times worse. Yeah. But <sighs> I guarantee you that negative pressure that you felt from that is what triggered you to change too. 100%. So, I mean, as much as it's, dude, I could totally relate to that, man. Like, Dude, except for me, it was like it was like events. Like, I would hate to go to like, you know, speaking engagements or mm. or like, dude, here I am trying to go to speaking engagements and talk to people about fucking crushing their lives, and I'm a hundred fucking pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I look back at some of the videos, and I'm like, dude, that's embarrassing. Yes. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize it. Like, I didn't realize it was that bad. I just thought like, hey, dude, you know, you're kind of big, mm. but like, you know, um. But the same thing, dude. I hated taking pictures. I hated seeing myself. You know, all those older videos that you can go on my Instagram page and watch. Like, dude, I can't hardly watch them now. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, dude, it makes me sick. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, if you if you close your eyes and listen to the voice, they sound great. But like, dude, like I'm, I was, I'm so, I, I am so embarrassed of, of what I let myself become. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, do you look back at yourself? Like, dude, I still hate looking at pictures of myself when I would look like that. Yeah, man, it's, you know, I don't, dude, I think it's hard for people to relate, man. Like the things that you go through when you're, when you're that overweight, like not being able to fucking go buy clothes, like, mm-hmm. like not being able, like you end up wearing the same shit all the time because you got this like was, one or two things that like look okay. This was the process. This yeah. is the daily process. Wake up in the morning and feel really, really bad because of how you felt the day before, like eating bad. And then when you wake up, immediately food haunts you like when you have a food addiction like every meal is terrifying but then you know no dude it's what you live for exactly it's what you live for like dude i tell people this all the time food addiction is 
It's a real fucking thing. And like people who've never had it, they think it's fucking bullshit. It's the worst fucking addiction someone can have because it's like saying, hey, you're addicted to heroin. Well, you got to have a little bit of heroin every day just to survive. Exactly. But you can't overdo it. Exactly. Or you know what? You're an alcoholic. Hey, you got to have three or four drinks a day. Exactly. But you can't fucking overdo it. It's right. it's it's the hardest fucking addiction there is 100%. to get a control of. And it's a real thing. And I've said that before and people are like, oh, food, that's bullshit, bro. You don't know. I know exactly what you're talking about because I have it. I don't, I didn't have, I didn't used to have it. I still fucking have it. I still have it too. Yeah. Like that, like I was in the airport coming back from, from New York the other day and I've come a long ways, but it still haunts me Yeah. to where one little slip up will trigger something in the brain will be like, okay, I tripped down one step. Let me just go ahead and push myself down all the, way down. All the rest. Yeah. So I want to get sick and never want to do it again. Mm -hmm. Like I would want to get sick to punish myself and feel so bad like that I would, it would make me have to say to myself, I never want to do that again. Right. Right. And it's a downward spiral. Oh, dude, I do. My, I don't. That's not how I see it. I see it slightly different. Like for me, it's like, oh, I felt I, I fucked up and I had a. Like for me, dude, alcohol is a big trigger. Like, mm. like I'm not an alcoholic, but alcohol triggers me to eat. Mm. And like, what it is is like, oh, I've already had three or four beers. Fuck it, I'll eat that pizza. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'll eat, I'll order Chinese later, and I'll start back tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I like, I'll tell myself that lie. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I'll just get back on tomorrow. I'll just get back on tomorrow. Or I'll do I'll extra get... tomorrow. Exactly. I'll, I'll work out yeah. twice as hard. And dude, what happens is, is you end up. The reason that's so bad for me is I'll end up putting on fucking fifty pounds quick because i tell myself that every day and yes. every day i'm gorging myself because i really truly believe that i'm going to start tomorrow yes you know what i mean it's uh i want to tell your audience this yeah. too like i ran three marathons and gained 30 pounds during that process like i never would have thought it was possible to run a marathon and train that much yeah. and gain weight it is 100 possible if you're a binge eater yeah I would I would exercise every morning and I would out eat that all right of the exercise right. and by the time I ran my third marathon LA marathon I was so heavy that when I ran it all my toenails fell off like the pounding yeah like it was crazy yeah so dude it's real man like and people always like I get a lot like people like because I carry a lot of muscle, mm -hmm. but dude, the reason I carry so much muscle and people don't realize this, it's not genetics. It's because I train hard as fuck and I eat a shitload of food to follow it up. Mm -hmm. So I naturally put on a ton of muscle. That's right. So people are like, well, dude, you know, you're a naturally big guy. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. My habits have created, because I've never had a problem training. I always train, but I did the same thing you do. I would out eat my fucking training so i would put on a ton of muscle but i also get fat yeah you know what i mean and yeah. uh dude listen i totally relate to this so so you're so what triggered the change dude what when did you say like dude i'm fucking done with this shit rock bottom yeah and i never knew like there's there's different levels of rock bottom but what i actually liked about rock bottom is okay so there's a story have you heard the the golden buddha story um, i don't think so okay it's super cool and i could relate so much to it 
in in um in thailand there was uh, in this village uh, a big golden buddha statue and the village would go to it and um and pray and celebrate at it and uh, there was opposing army coming near the village so they covered the statue up with clay and rock so the they wouldn't think the other army would want it right and um the opposing army was always a threat so decades passed and they forgot that this statue was even golden and one day a little kid went to go sit on it and it cracked and he looked at it and he he saw something shiny and he went and got his friend and they peeled it all back and this statue was golden and that's how I felt I was when I was young when I was eight years old I wanted to be an athlete but then when I needed something to be good at I started listening to what society said you know like boom like you need to make money all this stuff and I just started plastering myself with all this stuff that was a mask that wasn't truly me right and then when I got hit rock bottom I got cracked and I had to go back to that eight-year-old dream and I peeled off everything and I left my business. I left my city. I retired at age 29 and I said, I'm going to reinvent my entire life and I'm just going to be my truest golden self. And that's what I originally was supposed to be, that eight-year-old dream of right. I want to be an athlete. So, like... And dude, you 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 retired, you left social media, yeah. you left everything that you had worked your entire life yes. to refocus on this, um, yeah. um, which dude, I think is super admirable because most people wouldn't do that. They would say, but, <laughs> you know, I will do this, but I got this and I got this and I got this and they would be afraid to like say, you know what, I've got to rebuild this. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So with that um, starting over and that r sort of reinvention of yourself, yes. Um, I made a note that I think that's something that a lot of people need to do and are too afraid to do it. So can you go a little deeper into like, were there mental roadblocks you had to overcome? Uh, what, what were some of the things that for you to make massive change and reinvent yourself that you had to challenge and overcome? Definitely. Um, so let's, let's go back to the, the rock bottom. Um, it wasn't just weight. Um, it was. It was also. I, I got diagnosed with a brain tumor, mm. and um, I felt. Dude, that's fucking crazy. That's like the same shit that happened to me. Like the same fucking shit. What? Yeah. So, like, dude, I was going through, and it. So, most people don't know this. Like, <clears throat> the reason I found out that I had severe depression. So, like. We're going to get, remember, we're going to go back to rock bottom, but I have to throw this in here because it's so fucking similar and I don't ever talk about it. I talked about it on that podcast I did last week. Uh, I can't remember the name of that guy's podcast um, that we did on Skype. Oh, Fit Man Project? Fit Man Project, yeah. which was a great podcast. Um, <clears throat> but what people don't realize is that, dude, I was depressed for like, like 15 years without knowing that's what was wrong with me. And, uh. Dude, the way that it that I found out uh, about it was that I was getting physical, like these, like literally paralyzing, like headaches and yeah. tingling in my fingers and yeah. shit. And I'm like, "Fuck, dude!" One of my friends um, uh, died of a brain tr tumor at like 27 years old. Wow. Okay, and he only knew for like two weeks that he had it, and he died. Oh my god! And so I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, "Fuck." And he, I remember him telling me, like, dude, it's not a big deal. I've just got, like, tingling in my fingers and blah, blah, blah. 
And then like two weeks later, he's fucking dead. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm having like these, I can't see. I'm having to like, my eyes squint all day long. I'm getting these yes. ridiculous headaches. Yes. Uh, my hands are tingling. Like yes. I'm getting like, I, I'm like, fuck, this is the same shit that, mm-hmm. that he said it. And I'm like, so, so I end up going to a, um, to a, uh, uh, neuro- neurologist, mm-hmm. right? And they do a CAT scan mm-hmm. and they find a mass in my brain. Mm. And I'm like, fuck. Mm. I'm like, dude. And I remember <clears throat> the whole time I'm like, fuck, dude. Mm. I worked all these hours. I did all this shit. Mm. I haven't fucking done anything that mm. I wanted to do. Come on, my man. You know what I'm saying? I haven't, right. I haven't lived the life I want to live. That's right. And I'm going to fucking die. That's right. And I remember thinking that. And I'm yes. like, fuck. So for like two weeks, they didn't know if it was a, if it was a, a tumor or if it was a cyst mm. well turns out it was a cyst called a pineal cyst and a pineal cyst is something that up to 40 percent of americans or people have in their brain and and most of them are born with it and it never is does anything that hurts you mm. so it's normal but for two weeks mm. i thought i was gonna fucking die mm. so anyway what a gift yeah no shit exactly dude wow. my life fucking changed at that point well so so I'm still having these symptoms, mm-hmm. and it's not this mass. Mm-hmm. So now they're trying to figure out what it is. Well, it turns out that it's it's depression manifesting itself yes. in physical symptoms. Like like it had gotten that bad to where like yes. literally a chemical imbalance was causing fucking 100%. physical pain. And 100%. people don't realize that. Like, dude, you feel like you're going to fucking die when it's bad like that. And, uh, Psychosomatic symptoms is what they call that. What do you mean? When you... When you're, when you have the chemical imbalance and you like feel depressed and then it manifests itself in physical, that's Dude, called psychosomatic. Yeah, I don't, it wasn't, I wasn't making it up. I can tell you that. Like I, oh, no, I, I no, went no. to a chiropractor. Legit. I went fucking all these different things. Nothing was making it any better. Anyway, though, I went to three different neurology people or neurologists or whatever. And the last guy, um, I didn't even want to go to because I looked him up online and like he had like operated on the wrong side of this lady's brain and like fucking paralyzed her. Wow. And I'm like, fuck, I'm going to go to this guy. And, I, you know, he's, it was like the, it was like my last resort. So I go to him and he's like, dude, look, he's, he's asking me all these questions and like about like depression and shit. And like, do you ever have suicidal thoughts? And I'm like, I've had this for so long. Like when I would see those commercials where they say like, if you have suicidal thoughts, you know fucking call and I would and dude I had that shit for so long I'd be like dude everybody thinks that shit that's normal what the <laughs> right, fuck like right. I thought it was fucking normal right and so I just like I'd be like dude these people must be total pussies and like dude that's what I thought about <laughs> depression for fucking 15 years I'm like dude you're being a fucking bitch and and then finally like I we had a conversation and um he put me on an antidepressant uh Lexapro to 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 help and dude literally in like fucking three days i felt like a new fucking person and then like in two weeks i felt like i wasn't having any of those pains i wasn't having any of those thoughts like i felt totally fucking different and you know and like dude i know certain people are gonna listen and be like oh fucking antidepressants or blah 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 dude they saved my fucking life okay so i mean i've since been gone past that point but i've bridged anyway the point was is that Dude, it was like an awakening. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy fuck. Like, this is what it feels like to be normal. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't, 
I, I didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like when you live your whole life in that fucking place, That's right. like your whole adult life, it's normal. That's right. You don't even realize that you have it. And, uh, and, but dude, it's funny that you said that about, I want to get back to the rock bottom thing, but that's so funny because like I got, that's how I discovered my shit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So anyway, sorry for interrupting. I just thought it was irrelevant. No, man. Tying. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. Especially with your audience. They might not. Like they don't. I never talked about it before because like I, you know. I'm, oh, I'm glad I was able to yeah. be a part of yeah. them <laughs> discovering that. That's cool. Yeah. You know, for people don't, a lot of people don't realize they have a problem with depression, dude. They think that they're just fucking pissed off or they're there. And you know what? Sometimes you are just pissed off. Like, dude. We all get frustrated, right? It doesn't mean you're depressed, but there's a lot of people who just keep kicking the can down the road who have who have real issues and they don't realize that they can be fixed relatively easily. You know what I mean? That's that's what I was doing yeah. uh, my whole life with business. I was kicking the can down the curb right. and um like kind of kind of like what I told you. I made the character uh CEO Charlie. Um but I made him out of it was it was it was it was it was grown in the wrong soil because that's not what I was meant to be on this earth for. It was a part of the story, but when I got so sick, um, you know, overweight, um, and brain tumor, and I was at rock bottom, I said I have to, I have to make a new character, and I have to kill CEO Charlie. Like like it was it was like I'm writing a book right now called The Life and Death of CEO Charlie, and it's literally like I'm. I birthed him and then I killed him and I had to make a new character that was going to save my life. And I made a character called Charlie Rocket and that's my, my athlete name. And that's who I wake up and I transform into. Now I know why you got that text this morning from you. Yes. All right, the Rocket. Yeah. So Charlie Rocket is part two of my life. And that's who's saving my life. He's a super, he's a second chance superhero and he's saving my life. So I just mm. fully embody him just like I fully embodied business to, to learn how to make money and influence culture. But now I, I, I want to save my life. So Charlie Rocket is me saving me. Dude, you know That's what's awesome. funny? Like just as a little off topic, but dude, I operate the same way you do. Like <laughs> I, I think of like, I see myself a certain way and I just become that way. You know what I mean? And like, Dude, I think a lot of people are fucking lost because they don't operate that way. They're like out there trying to figure out who the fuck they are. Dude, being who the fuck you are is as simple as deciding who you are. That's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you're explaining it as like in a very simple way for people to understand that I don't think I've ever really thought about. You know, like you're creating a character in your brain and then you're becoming that character. And like I've never thought about it like that, but that is what, that's, that's what it means to like become who you are, you know, who you think you are on the inside and you be that. Like I, I, I strongly, um, I strongly believe in, uh, like the law of attraction and I study quantum physics. Yeah, I do too. So like quantum physics, um, has taught me a lot about how you've seen, uh, like down the rabbit hole and all that. Mm -mm. Like, uh, oh dude, there's a good book, uh. Um, oh, somebody was telling me yeah, about that. It's good. I've, I've, I think I got an extra one at home. If I run by the house today, I'll, I'll grab it for you. Cool. Yeah, it's good. You'll like it. So what I want to do is I want to challenge people to like kind of use the law of attraction and dress up like like literally like if you want to be, uh, let's say, uh, a doctor, like dress up, have a photo shoot, put it on your Instagram and like it's one thing to like visualize something in your head or write something down, but actually become it 
And then that's like what I did with the Nike thing. Yeah. So when we get into yeah, the so Nike thing. So tell people what you did. So dude, you you decide I'm 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 becoming Charlie Rocket. Yes. All right. But I'm I'm still a hundred something pounds overweight. Yes. So so what'd you do? So I created this guy who was super fun and colorful and I wear this bandana and I put my glasses on, like and um I told myself I'm not working before twelve o'clock ever again in my life i'm starting my day with me i'm still gonna work my eight nine hours uh it's just gonna be from 12 to 8 instead of you know so i'm gonna start my day with me i'm gonna exercise i'm gonna do this iron man and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna be an athlete like that's what i was put on this earth to do and um after losing all the weight i got back on social media and just started like telling people my story dude i bet they were shocked they were shocked. Yeah. Like, yeah. holy shit, who's this guy? Yeah. yeah. Like, so many people were unfollowing dude, you me. You, you fucking are unrecognizable. <laughs> like, you don't even, because I saw the before and afters, and I was like, no fucking way. Like, they're crazy. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. man. So, I was like, I've always wanted to be a Nike athlete. Like, when I was eight years old, um, my dad and my grandfather would always be yelling at each other in the kitchen. And I walk in, I said, what are y'all yelling at? And um, they're they're debating stocks. And I said, I want to invest. And I'd always like save my money from cutting grass. And, and we did a competition. And and my grandfather bought like uh, Sara Lee, some like, you know, steady company. My dad bought Reebok. And I said, I want Nike. Nike's where it's at. And my dad and grandfather were terrified for me because the stock had been going like this for years and it wasn't doing very well. I said, no, 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 no. Nike's where it's at. That's where Jordan is. The, the Nike Presto had just come out. I said, Nike is hot. And I'm just a little kid. And I said, Nike, Nike, Nike. I bought Nike. I won the competition. Uh, stock went up, split, went up some more. I like, I like as a kid, had like $2,000. Like, yeah. I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. <laughs> so I always loved Nike. So I kind of did the thing where I dressed up. I was like, I want to be a Nike athlete. I asked myself, what do Nike athletes have? They have commercials. I was like, I'm going to make a Nike commercial. Um, and at the beginning of it, I said, dear Nike, we don't know each other yet, but hopefully soon we will. And they had this mission statement that said, if you have a body, you're an athlete. And that resonated a lot with me. Right. Because even though I'm still overweight, I'm still carrying weight. Like, I'm, I'm an athlete. I have human potential to be an athlete. Right. And I made this commercial and I said, I hope Nike sees this and I hope this inspires people. And I put it out and it just started going viral. It got a million views in two weeks. I got an email from Nike saying... You have our campus in a frenzy. That's awesome. They flew me up a couple of days ago. They like I went to every single department. We're talking about marketing. This they, is just recent. This is two, three days ago. Yeah, right. Like wow. this is crazy. Like they they flew me up first class. They gave me this. We're in this big boardroom meeting like this with the whole Nike running staff, which is their biggest division. And they're telling me they had this huge presentation, and the presentation was about how I inspired them and reminded them why they go to work every day. That's because, fucking awesome, dude. Like, they're like, sometimes we get caught up in the in the deadlines and the deliverables and all this, and you reminded us why we work at Nike. Yeah. And they gave me this huge box, this, like, custom Nike box. It was huge. It was like, uh, it was like um, acrylic and 
glass and it was engraved with rockets all over it and and they Dude, that's made fucking these, awesome like they gave me shoes that there's only four thousand ever made for my this one more marathons like they gave me like unlimited like it was crazy yeah it was absolutely Total insane. vip shit right one of the employees walked up to me and he said they're treating you better than they treated some of their biggest athletes when they came. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow. That is real. awesome, dude. Because you're real. That is awesome. Yeah. Hey, Charlie, I, I was thinking as you've been talking. Well, I, dude, you know what's funny? It's like, that's what, ha- it's funny to point out too. It's like, there wasn't expectation there. Right. It's like, hey, I'm making a video right. because I believe in it and I hope that it inspires some people. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody's out there creating this content and they're like expecting it to like, they're doing it with, um, with, an expectation of a return, you know, yeah. and if it doesn't get that return, they're so upset. I, I love when people do things for the right reasons and get results like that. You and know I think what that's I mean? what people were sensing. You're, you, yeah. even just meeting you just for a few minutes, you can tell that you're, you give out this, uh, this feeling of, it's of genuine, of genuine yeah. and, and being invested in the other person. So they probably picked up on that. But what I want to say is we've had a lot of, um, guests on the show who've talked about like visualization and really picturing what you, you know, what do you want to accomplish? But I, I don't think we've ever had a guest who, who takes that basic concept of visualization and what struck has struck me about you is you literally took that basic concept of visualization, but then marshaled creativity, imagination, everything in the service of getting, you know, your dream life. And you've, I mean, even to the point where you're you're putting on clothes and you're, you're imagining yourself and creating creating alternate personalities. I mean, that's, that really is brilliant. Yeah. But what you're seeing, what you see here with Charlie is somebody who who truly understands the concepts of no limitations, okay? I guarantee you that anything that you decide to be, you'll become because you're not thinking, well, why can't I? Or what? this is why I can't, or this is what... Dude, you just pick what you want to be That's right. and you start being it. Yeah. Right. And it's that simple. And I'm, I, I like that you're a student of the quantum physics and the law of attraction because I am too. I don't talk about it enough on the show, but... I have so many experiences that are unexplainable yes. other than just that. Come on, baby. You know what I'm saying? That, yes. That are, to, for me to not even doubt it. Like, people are like, well, what do you mean? You, you just believe shit and think about it and visualize it and it happens? Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, it, you, it does. You know how I explain it to people? Um, I did this yesterday on Instagram uh, because uh, I had a, a quantum moment happen yeah. that allowed me to talk about it. So I'm running down the street and this lady across the street is walking her dogs and she screamed out, Charlie Rocket. And <laughs> I ran up to her with my camera and I was like, hey. And she was like, I knew I was going to run into you today. She said, I've been following you on Instagram. I just knew I was going to run into you today. And I said, that's quantum. Because quantum says we're all entangled. Right. And if we're all waves. So how I explained it is we're all waves. So a wave is not one solid thing. Let's take a rock and we drop it into a pond. Or all of us drop a rock into a pond at the same time. It all creates waves and we all collide and we're all intertwined where a rock is i'm over here you're over there you're over there we're not entwined but a wave means we're all connected so the the military had did a study where they took a man and they swabbed dna like just his his mouth and they put it in a petri dish they took the man put him in another part of the building had him watch an emotional video and when he got emotional the petri dish 
they had an instrument studying the energy. The Petri dish, the DNA, changed its energy even though he was in another part of the building. How is that possible? Well, quantum physics says a particle can be in two places at the same time. And if you look at a wave, like say you drop the rock, a wave is the same wave is over there and the same wave is over there. Right. Particles can be in two places at the same time. So we're all connected. Like I was um Dude, that's why when people that's why when when you when you think of uh, someone randomly and then you happen to run into them in the grocery store two hours later. Dude. Like you could not see somebody for 10 years and be like, oh, I wonder how fucking Steve's doing. Yes. Two hours later, Steve's in front of your fucking face. That happened to me yeah. on Instagram the other day. There's this girl I haven't heard from in 10 years and I forgot how to spell her name. Her name is, is Sansa Ray. Uh, we grew up together. And I went on Instagram. She just was heavy in my heart for some reason, out of nowhere. Was heavy in my heart. Went to search for her, Forgot how to spell her name. Tried two or three times. Couldn't figure it out. The next day, she DM'd me. I have the screenshot in yeah. my phone. I show this to everybody. She said, oh my God, I was just thinking about you. It's like, that's crazy. Dude, it, dude, listen. I think I might have told this story before, but but... I'm going to tell it again because it's, it's the, it's crazy. So when we first started first form, like, dude, we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. Like we were broke, broke, broke. Like we're taking a big, we're taking a big, what most people would say was a gamble. I always knew it was going to work, but, um, nobody believed in us. So like one of the things I would always say to people when we first started, like the first two years we started is I would say, I would say, yeah, we, uh, we're getting studies done at the university of Oklahoma because I knew that the university of Oklahoma had a, a division of people that study products. I fucking had never talked to him before. That's right. My intention was not to lie to people, but my intention was to get the products studied there. Okay. Yes. So, but I just hadn't followed through with it. And so people would listen to me and I'd be like, yeah, dude, we're going to ready to do these studies at the university of Oklahoma, which was bullshit. Right. Like mm-hmm. I was saying, I was speaking a little ahead of what was happening, mm-hmm. which by the way, speaking things into truth is a fucking huge deal. 100%. Yeah. But, um, so I would tell the story. So anytime I would wait on a, this is back when I was still working in the stores, waiting on customers. I'd be like, yeah, man, you know, this is our product. This is what we're doing. We're getting studied down at University of Oklahoma. I would tell everybody that. So like whenever my friends would ask me like, Hey Andy, how's first form going? Or, uh, you know, anybody like, dude, I probably told that story literally 10,000 times mm-hmm. just like that. Like, yeah, dude, it's going great. We're getting some studies going at the University of Oklahoma, which I, I had never fucking talked to. I didn't know anybody there. I didn't. So anyway, so like this goes on for like two years. So Christmas at my dad's house, my dad has a big party where like all my, all his friends and our cousins, it's a, it's a not like typical Christmas. It's like, it's like a Frisella Christmas, which means we're going to get drunk and be obnoxious. (laughs) All right. So I'm sitting at the kitchen table with like a couple of my buddies who were there and they're like, it's like, Hey dude, what's going on with first form? And I'm like, it's going great, dude. We're getting some studies done at the University of Oklahoma. And I hear this voice behind me. What? At the University of Oklahoma? And I turn around, and it's this girl I've never seen before. And it's my cousin's brand new girlfriend, all right? Mm-hmm. She goes, yeah, my my brother Chad, he's the he's the uh, head of R&D at University of Oklahoma. And I'm like, yeah, but probably like for like something. She goes, no, he, all he works on is, is what you do, supplements. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I'm busted. Like, she, you know, and so like I pull her aside and I'm like, well, I'm not, we're not really doing it yet, but like, I want to do it. And you know what, dude, now Chad Kirksick, who was the head of you know, uh, research at University of Oklahoma is on our fucking board. 
for all of our research and has been for like seven years. Yes. That's okay? awesome. Yes. Yeah. What are the fucking chances of that? Well. That, no, but I'm saying like, like that's when I first understood how this works, that yes. was what made me understand it. Like, yes. dude, what are the chances of that? That's not a fucking accident. Yes. That's, that's speaking shit and believing shit into existence. Yes. Because it was always my true intention to have that done. Yes. You know what I mean? But people don't people don't understand how it works, dude. You've got to repetitively tell yourself and believe it. Like in that case, I was telling a lie, which I actually had good intentions behind. You know, it's interesting. Okay. We don't question the speed of light. We don't question gravity. These are all laws. Right. It happens the same way every single time, no matter what. The um, There was some physicists, they took a test tube, and they put it in a vacuum, so there's nothing in it but light particles. Light particles, completely random, as light particles act. They put some human DNA in the test tube. What did the light particles do? They aligned with the human DNA. Human DNA attracts things every single time. As a law, the same way law of gravity is every time, same way uh, sound, light, everything in this world is laws. It's just... When, when we people, don't understand this law yet, and it's not... Ex- well, we, you and I, understand this law. Exactly. But science doesn't understand the law to a point where people believe it yet. Exactly. That's what I believe. Exactly. Dude, I. this is why bad shit happens to bad people over and over again, mm-hmm. and good shit happens to people with the right attitude over and over again. Mm-hmm. Because their energy is focused on the right things that attract the right kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, the best thing that I ever learned about uh, law of attraction is that you're attracting things no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, you're whether you're intending to or not intending to, so you have to be very conscious of where yes. you're putting your intentions. That's right. Because I've gotten to the point now where... Like, dude, I have to be careful what I think about because that shit will happen. You know right. what I mean? Like, I right. and I see it happen. Right. Um, but it's crazy. It's crazy to see to like see it work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the first time you see it work, you're like, holy shit! Right. Right. Like, like you saying, "Oh, I want to be a Nike athlete," and then mm-hmm. seeing this stuff materialize. Yeah, dude, that's a, that's I love that stuff, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, it it gives me chills, dude, because it. <laughs> Most people can never cross over to that point of where they feel like they're in control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. But but if they just paid attention, if they just paid attention to how they're thinking now, like what are you thinking right now? Like mm-hmm. what do you think about your life? What do you focus on? What are you this? What are you that? Mm-hmm. Like you could say, oh, I'm thinking about making millions of dollars. But if you're really thinking about how much debt you have and you're stressed about the bills you have to pay and you know, your car breaking down and that's what you're worried about all 24 seven and the, the college tuition you got to pay and you keep getting bad shit. That's why you're getting it. And people, people don't have enough awareness to audit their real thoughts. They're like, yeah, but I'm, I'm really, I've been really thinking about making more money. Yeah. But thinking about making more money and being successful and living this kind of life, 1% out of the day, isn't enough to make it happen. Mm-hmm. It's gotta be what you're focused on literally exactly. all day. Exactly. You know what I mean? And and so I think a lot of people give the law of attraction unfair shake because you have popular things like The Secret, which is like, you know, I always describe it as like a coloring book for law of attraction. It's very basic. It's like saying it's there, but they don't tell you how to use it or how to make it work for you. And you have like, you know, 
you have a lot of cornballs in it. You know what I'm saying? That don't, mm-hmm. they're like, oh yeah, like just think of an elephant and it will appear in the room. And, and like, dude, it's not, you know what I mean? They don't give a realistic, uh, right. they don't give a realistic uh, representation of how it works and what it is and how to use it. So we have a lot of people who are skeptical yes, because of that. Of course. And, you know, and then whenever they go out and they think about something for two days and it doesn't happen, they think it doesn't work. Right. You know what I mean? So I like the the coming up with the character yeah. thing that you do because that almost forces the law of attraction into play. Yes. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I do the same thing. It's, you know, I had never thought about it like that. I just think about it differently. But it forces your life to create itself that way. Yeah. You know? Like, I almost want to do, like, some little fun Instagram challenge where, like, like people, like, dress up and post a picture with the hashtag of, you know, whatever they want to be. Like, right. we got to, like, dress up and right. see ourselves right. and, like, oh, that's going to happen. Right. Because right. I can see it now. When you talked about dressing up, it made me think of a story about the guy that played Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh-huh. you know, from Star Wars. Uh-huh. His name is Sir Alec Guinness. Uh-huh. So, obviously, when Star Wars came out, he was already pretty old. Well, when he was a younger man, had a lot of success, but was very spiritually restless, just Mm. like was not happy. He got a contract to play a priest Mm. and he literally just put on the clothes of the priest. And in between takes, he was sitting and a little kid from the area of Italy that they were they were in comes up and just just talks to him real affectionately and. And you can and shows him a lot of admiration, and it really like this kid's like childlike love really, really like really impacted him. And and he said, um, he said all of a sudden he realized that that's what he wanted. He wanted to be Catholic. So for him, mm. that that was that like putting on the clothes, mm-hmm. and then he joined the Catholic Church, and that was that was his spiritual awakening for him. But I just thought of that like how mm. powerful it is just putting clothes on, yeah. you know, and and playing a role is. Uh, is, is pretty crazy in that. Dude, that's t- what you're doing, man. Yeah. You're playing a fucking role. Like, dude, your life is exactly what you believe you are. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Exactly what you believe you are. You could say anything. You could say, well, I don't believe on this and that and I still have this shit life. No, dude. Your your life is showing me exactly what you believe you are. It just mm-hmm. is. And I've learned to look at people and see that. Like they could say, they could say anything they want, but I can look at them. And see their beliefs because of the life they've created. And that's reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Certain people have certain beliefs because of certain things. They grew up a certain way. They had parents tell them this. They had teachers tell them this. They had this, this, this. And they might want other things, but they don't believe they are other things. Mm-hmm. And that's why it doesn't happen. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Did you make me think about when I got my place? Because this is really something I've never told anybody. So I got a new place this past year. and He's got a sick sick penthouse spot oh, but this this place i had gone to look at it he's gonna have to fucking sell it soon though because yeah. i fucking gonna about to fire him <laughs> <laughs> so i went and looked at it a year prior and it was getting ready to uh, be for lease but they were wanting like two grand more than what i was wanting to pay for it a month anyway so i fast forward a year and i'm thinking about this place like every fucking day yeah and i just so happened i never went downtown before this unless it was like on a weekend or something but that was hardly ever and uh we just happened to be downtown for an athlete workout and it ended early and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go see, you know, if this place is available. It okay. just got on the market like a week before there was uh, a couple that was scheduled to view it because they wanted it like mm-hmm. an hour after I got there. And I'm like, well, they didn't sign paperwork, right? I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, let me go up there and see it. So not only 
did I beat them, but they were also running a special to where it was like $2,000. Like it was like right in my wheelhouse. And wow. I'm just like, holy shit. It like, was mint. Well, yeah, it's sick too. But that is awesome. That's amazing. Dude, that's how the fucking house is I live in. Dude, that house I live in, I used to drive up and down that street when I was 16 years old, dude. Mm. Did you really? Yeah, when I was 15, 16 years old, I would drive up and down that street and be like, fuck, dude, I'd like to live here one day. Mm -hmm. Like, literally, dude. Like, I've been looking. Now, I don't live in the exact house that I fucking thought I would live in because I thought I would live in the one up on the end. But that motherfucker's lived there for like 25 years. I don't think he's leaving. (laughs) But when that comes for sale, you better believe he's fucking buying it. (laughs) But... The point is, is dude, another thing like this is goes in with the hip hop shit. Like I always grew up seeing myself being a fucking rapper, like for real. I was like, dude, I'm going to be a fucking rapper. You know, this is going to be it. Blah, blah, blah. I can You're remember talking on a mic. Yeah, technically. Dude, listen, so <laughs> my girlfriend, when I was in high school, I remember her like this is when this is like I graduated in like 97. So this is when like bad boy was at his fucking peak. Like, mm-hmm. with, you know, it was, uh, you know. Diddy and fucking Mace and like mm-hmm. the whole family, right? And I'm like huge into that. I love that whole thing. And dude, I'd be listening to Mace every fucking day in the car and his Harlem World album. And uh, dude, I'm, I tell I tell uh, my girlfriend, I'd be like, yeah, dude, I'm gonna be a fucking rapper. And she'd be like, well, you better get fucking started, you know, these blah, blah, blah. And like, she would always like, not discourage me, but like, Kind of like, you can't do that, right? So mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck, I guess I can't. And I like kind of gave up on that dream. But what's funny is that like literally 20 years later, that I had visualized that my whole fucking life from when I was a little kid to when I was about 20 years old. 20 years later, now I go and I fucking speak and I actually get paid more than what most rappers mm. make to fucking speak in front of people. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yes. So like I might not be rapping, but I'm literally doing almost the exact same thing and I'm earning more money. 100%. And like, dude, these people don't realize like you, they don't pay attention. You know, you might not get exactly what you think, but you're going to get fucking close if you pay attention. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, dude, I can think back to almost every area of my life through the fucking cars I own, the fucking place I live, you know, everything. Like, it's just, I'm just a total believer, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I think it's the biggest thing that people don't do. This conversation yeah. went somewhere we were not expecting. Yeah, yeah well, but I, I thought I think it's also interesting that if you look at Andy's posts, his the way he writes, uh-huh. it's very lyrical. Yes. like even the way that things are her spaced out. Yes, bars. It's like, it's like lyric. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's bars. like bars. I get told it's, that a lot. It's uh, I get yeah. I get guys saying that all the time. Dude, you're spitting bars. Dude, That's you're right. spitting bars. Yeah, like you know. And then I get the motherfuckers who cry because I say the f word, and it's like, <laughs> dude, get the fuck off my page. Like, I'm not your fucking guy. Like. Right. If you get offended by the word fuck, I am not your fucking guy. That's just the way it is, you <laughs> know? True. But, dude, I listen, I think I think all all of that is is amazing. I mean, dude, now you're dude, you're you were 130 pounds overweight. Now you're doing Iron Man, you're biking across the country. Tell people about that. Yeah. So the Iron Man is coming up in two and a half weeks. Yeah, and uh, it's in New Zealand, and um, that's gonna be cool. It is. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. So I've been training really hard, even though like I'm super slow. Um, I want. I also like like to tell people why I chose the rocket, um, because people just think of a, a rocket as something that's like fast, and I chose the rocket as like my symbolism because to me, like a rocket is 
like it starts off really, really slow. And at the beginning, it like doesn't even feel like it's going anywhere. And um, you're using all this force and it almost seems impossible. But, you know, hindsight 2020, we know how rockets work. Oh, yeah, it starts off slow, then it gets fast. And if we just know that with anything we're doing and if we act like a rocket and whether it's a business uh starts off slow and yeah. push really 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 hard yeah. or fitness too man fitness yeah That's pretty fr- much everything yeah it starts off just like a rocket and I, I i created this theory i call it the law of 62 and um i broke it down scientifically uh with um like my artists that i managed and um just like just like with a rocket, it's 62 miles to outer space. And when you get to outer space, it gets really easy, less effort, fast speed. So I wanted to see if this proved true with my artist. So my first artist, Travis Porter, and my second artist, Two Chains, when did we get our first hit record? How many songs did we release? It was between 60 and 70 before we got our first top 10 record. That's crazy. Then I went back to how many times I ran... Before I was able to do my first marathon, between 60 and 70 runs. The law of 62 is just a true thing in the world. Um, and and, and it, uh, it happens a lot with YouTube content creators. Yeah. 62 videos, about a year, you know, like that right. consistent. Right. And um, that's why I chose the rocket. Fuck, dude, I like that. Yeah, it's good. It's, dude, it, and I'm sitting here like going through scenarios in my head. I'm like, it's actually, you know, it's it's applicable to things like YouTube. I mean, it's, you're not going to be in business for 62 days and make a million dollars. No. But for certain things, it, it it works, right? Definitely. Yeah. Maybe it could be 62 weeks. Maybe it could be 62 months. 62 yeah. no's before yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. dude, it it's definitely, I, I get it. I like it. Yeah. So the Iron Man is- I'm, I'm trying to think if that applies to- I'm thinking of the numbers of the successful podcasts. I think the podcasts, the ones that are successful, power through for about seven months. I think that's the cutoff. Most podcasts don't get past six or seven months. So that'd mm. be, yeah, if you went every week, that'd be that'd be pretty close to, mm. I'm bad at math. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the point is, I yeah. Yeah. Law of 62. Like it. So I've been able to to overcome all my, my food problems and like the the drama. The, it's kind of like a, a, a docudrama, like the O.J. Simpson trials of dieting is my life. Um, but when I learned that it's like when I'm going up, just don't come back down and start over. Like I have to keep going up right. without coming back down. So I was finally able to master that. Iron Man coming up. When I get done with the Iron Man... Um, in April, I'm going to start biking across the country, uh, with my best friend, Scott, and I want to find all the other second chance stories like mine, because I know a lot of people don't know how to document their stories like I do. And I know there's way better stories than mine that exist. So I'm going to bike across the country and do these motivational speaking rallies and these 5k, 10k runs as we're biking. And, um, like uh i want nike to get behind let me know when you come through the midwest bro can't wait yeah for sure can't wait so after that after we bike across the country make the documentary um i'm doing this thing where i'm going to create a new american tradition that exists as long as this country is here i'm lighting a torch in new york on july 4th and I'm going to have Americans come together to 
exercise to get this torch across the country. And it's going to happen every single year, bringing us together to exercise positivity. Um, I'm, I think I'm going to call it uh, Unite the Dream Tour. And every year on July 4th, there's going to be people in wheelchairs, former presidents, celebrities, athletes. I mean, everybody's going to carry this torch. And we're going to get it across the country from New York to California. And there's going to be the most amazing stories that are told out of it. That's awesome, dude. So that's 2018 yeah. in the life of Charlie. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. <laughs> that's awesome. But I mean, aside from that, what are you going to do? <laughs> no, dude, what, the, what's beautiful about this is that, you know, Charlie's a smart guy. Yeah. But because his intentions are pure for what he's trying to do, tell the stories, all that shit, there's going to be business opportunities that come along from this, whatever, you know what I mean? How whatever, when you do things for the right reasons to help people, to spread the right, the right messages, there's always going to be opportunities. You know, Charlie's retired. He doesn't have to worry about money, but if you decided you wanted to do something off of that, it's going to be there. You know what I mean? That's what people don't understand is like, when you try to like manipulate the whole process around how much money I'm going to make, you end up with a with a poisoned fucking model. You end mm -hmm. up with something that's like, dude, that's why like even artists, like the best fucking rappers, the best artists, they're, do they enjoy the money in the live? Fuck yeah, they do. But the reality is, is dude, they're into the music. If you like know them, mm -hmm. they're into the fucking music. You like know Kendrick what I mean? Lamar, for example, you could tell he cares about the music. He right. could care less about the sponsorship right, deals right and, and he's also like you know making some of the best fucking money and the best music that's right you know but that comes from a focus on on the product and like i don't know man it's frustrating for me because we ha i have so many people that are like what should i do like i had a guy message me last night he's like dude what should i do i've got you know he is i'm i want to be a surgeon and i want to help people i want to do this but i've got seven more years of school left and and before i make any money and i'm like Bro, seven years is nothing for if you truly want to fucking be a surgeon for the reasons that you say you want to be. It's nothing. You know what I mean? It's not about the money. And like when people are broke, it's hard to hear that message. It's not about the money because you're like, fuck, dude, where am I going to eat next? But but you should listen to people who are making good money and have made good money that when you focus on doing a great fucking job and producing a great product, impacting people, solving a problem in a great way. The money's always there. It's always there. And the intentions, you know, try hard to separate your intentions. Like, dude, it's always natural to have selfish intentions. Like, like, dude, nobody's going to have pure intentions. Like, it's just a fucking impossible. It's, it's human nature to, to be somewhat selfish. You know, like, that's okay. That doesn't mean you're fucking wrong. But try as hard as you can to remove your selfish intentions from the purity of your plan. And now you're going to have real purpose. You know, and if you have real purpose and you can you can remove yourself as much as you can from the gain that you're going to get out of it, your product's going to be that much better and people are going to resonate with that much more. You think I don't enjoy making money, changing people's lives and fucking helping people lose weight and fuck yeah, I love making money. Fucking love it. But when I'm sitting down thinking about first form and what I'm going to offer and this and that and how I'm thinking 100%, how am I going to fucking help people get results? How am I going to help people feel better? How am I going to help people change their lives? I'm not thinking about how am I going to sell them the shit so I can fucking make some money on the back end. That That's what everybody fucks up, especially in our industry. 
They're like, dude, how are you building this amazing culture? Because I fucking care. I care more about the result than I do care about the money. I understand that if I produce the best result and I can separate my selfish feelings from, from that aspect of the business and do just the best I can for other people, that the money will always be there, you know? And, and dude, it's, it's a hard thing to do when you're starting out and get it. But tr- the quicker you can grasp that concept and put it in play, the quicker you're not going to have any worries about money. And it's okay to do both. Like, in, right. my, in my life, yeah. I started off in hip-hop, and I was just, like, a consumer. Like, right. I was just, like, hip-hop is just about making money and yeah. entertaining people. And that was a chapter in my life. So it's okay to have those chapters as long as people are listening to what you just said and right. know that there is another chapter too. Right. You know, like, wow, like, okay, I've got to make money to survive. Right. I had to get out of my mom's basement and make a living and like be a man. And then it's like, okay. And that's why I like listening to you and learning the business knowledge and all those things. And what you just said is so valuable for people because not many business people say that. Right, dude. Well, People try to go one or the other. Like I see a lot of people, and I'm not going to name names, who are quote unquote gurus and try to pretend like they're fucking holier than thou and like, you know, all I want to do is impact people. When I know the motherfuckers personally, and guess what we talk about whenever we talk? We talk about fucking money. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay to be about money. Mm -hmm. Just try to be about money less than you are about impacting people. You know what I mean? Uh, That's... I don't know. That's for me. That's what the key is. And like, dude, I don't have any shame about the money I make because dude, when I look at like the transform transformations that we've provided and the lives that we've helped create and the improve, mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck dude. Yeah. I feel like I've earned the money more than anybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what's getting your life back worth? Yeah. I, I can tell you this when I was 350 pounds, what, when you were 130 pounds overweight, what would you have paid to fucking know for sure that you were going to be able to lose it? Oh, my God. I would have paid fucking every dollar I had and sold everything I had to know yeah. that I could do it. Yeah. You know for what sure. I mean? And it 100%. would have been worth it. 100%. Yeah. Because money didn't matter when That's right. you felt like you're about to die. That's right. There's no point in living. Right. I would trade it all. That's right. I would, too. And, dude, you don't have to trade all. That's the good thing. But, dude, my point in saying that is, dude, we're helping people with something of real value. That's right. So I feel good. Like I, I know for sure the more money we make, the fucking better job we're doing at changing people's lives. And I feel good about that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, and a lot of people feel bad about money. That's a whole nother thing that keeps you from getting it. Yeah. Like they feel bad about it. They feel like, oh, they want, they dude, in their heart, they're like, fuck, I like money. But out in public, they're saying shit like, well, all I want to do is impact people. Like I don't really care about the money. And they're saying that. Dude, if you fucking say that and you don't mean it, you're never going to make any money. Mm-hmm. I still struggle with that. Like dude, I, with with me retiring, like right. I I don't have that much money. Right. Um, you know, it was like, you know, people look at hip hop like all oh, this all this money. I just would live frugally and yeah, I'm it's able like to an say, athlete, dude, they make a lot of money for a short period of time. And with me retiring, I was just like, okay, I've got a I've got a nice little saving. I had to scale back on my expenses, but with me doing what I'm doing, I still get really, really stressed about money and have to be careful about that right. because it's what I'm thinking about. It's like even little things like coming here, like it was like, oh, I got to buy the flight. Boom, boom. Like that's good. Though. Every little thing. See, I don't have, I have I'm the fucking opposite about that. <laughs> You're just like <laughs> swipe. I'm terrible. Swipe. I'm the worst fucking spender on the face of the earth. Oh. But, so, yeah, I'm 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 working internally on not stressing about money because for the first time in my life, I 
not making money. Right. So I know it will come. I know good things it's are going to come. come um, but, you know, it's, it's what you said. Like, like don't Dude, think about money negatively. What you're doing right now is going to be so much bigger than what you've already done from a financial standpoint. Mm. It's just, you know, you, you might not have the plan exactly in place right now. I'm sure you do. But let's just say you did it. It's, dude, impacting people on a massive scale like that is where the, the opportunities are going to be anyway. Wow. You know, so. Yeah, I, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. And yeah. if, nothing, if nothing else, all the all the motivational people or the motivational, uh, this the has people, been one of people my, looking for motivational speakers will find you. This has been one of my favorite shows we've done. Yeah. No bullshit. Great. Really? No, no. No. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And dude, I've had yeah. some awesome, I've had yeah. the biggest fucking names that we say you can have. Thing. So, well, because I mean, you're an unusual guy, like in a good way. Yeah, interest, you know? interesting yeah. is what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, like it's an interesting conversation, and it's not the typical fucking. Oh, I started this business and I made this, and I do. Like, dude, we're talking about core beliefs here. Yeah, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. I resonate with like how you feel about things, and I like that because not many people totally grasp it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people will say they grasp it, but when you're saying shit that I haven't even expressed about myself and i'm like that's exactly how i fucking think i know it's real you know what i mean and dude wow. I, I dig that like wow i try to communicate that the best i can to people about how to think and but i think you're doing a better job dude than i am like you're saying like what you said about creating a character and all that like that's how it is i just didn't ever communicate it like that mm-hmm. mm. you know because it sounds at surface level it sounds inauthentic it sounds like i'm trying to manipulate how people perceive me but that's not what it is you're deciding on the inside who you are and then you're becoming that and you're free to make that choice. People just don't ever feel like they are because they feel like they have to have uh, external permission from whoever to make those decisions. And guess what? The one place you don't have to have anybody's permission is who the fuck you decide to be. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? I like that. Yeah. I, I don't want to forget your uh, social media. You're on Instagram as just at Charlie, right? At Charlie. C-H-A-R-L-I-E. Yes. And then, uh, guys, we're going to also post a couple links to uh, your videos. Like, um, I think your your Nike, your Nike uh, yes. athlete video and then uh, your life story. I think you gave me a, yeah. a link to your life story. You guys story. need to be following this guy. Like, oh, yeah. Seriously. Um I'm excited about what you got going on, man. Thank you, man. In any way that we can help or help support it or I can help support it, I'm definitely in on that. Like, dude, we're, dude, helping people get those kind of changes going because I've experienced them myself, dude, that's, dude, that's my fucking passion. You know what I'm saying? Like, not just on this entrepreneur show, but in fitness as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's what matters to me more than anything. So, like, dude, I'm totally down with however we can help with anything that you're doing. Thank you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure, sure I'm sure we'll be doing a lot. Yeah. I'm so <laughs> glad to have met y'all. Yeah. yeah. Y'all Likewise, are amazing. Bro. Definitely. You guys make sure you're following them at Charlie, C-H-A-R-L-I-E on IG. Um, and check I, check I out his say, YouTubes. I want to say one thing. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, um, if there's like the reason, the reason why I'm ultimately doing this um, or even like doing interviews is because when I was in a really, really, really bad state, I didn't feel like I had anybody I could personally talk to. And I've kind of like sacrificed a lot of my time and I respond to every email. Like if somebody's in a rock bottom state, like I do encourage them to email me, like right. don't waste my time. But right. if you are in a rock bottom state, like my email is CEO, Charlie at gmail.com. Email me. I'd, like I, I'm here to talk to people 
who are in that place because when I was there, like, there was nobody like me. So I wanted to be that person for somebody there, there, else. There was people like you, but the people that are like you aren't talking about it. Mm. That's the difference. Mm. You know, what you find when you're in those dark places, because you're, you're, you're in a mentally negative place, you're beating the shit out of yourself every day. Yes. You're, you're thinking like, dude, I'm the worst. Nobody's like me. Nobody understands it. I'm a piece of shit. And you're yes. telling yourself all this stuff. That's true. And the truth is, is really, dude, you're just another human going through some shit like all of us. Mm-hmm. And it's that fear of like on both sides, like the people who are going through it don't want to talk about it. And the people who have gone through it don't talk about it enough. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So there's not enough of a bridge there to really feel like people have anybody. So I think that's fucking amazing that you're doing that, man, because I know people need it. I, if I could, I would do that too. I, it busy. would be impossible for me to do. I think I have a little bit extra yeah. time yeah. compared to you. I appreciate it, brother. Thanks for coming out here and being on the show, man. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. It was amazing to meet y'all. Yeah, likewise. All right, guys. If you enjoyed the show, if you liked the show, which I know you did, make sure you bring us a friend, all right? Talk to you guys next time. Bye.